Hey guys, Jeff Gellman of Solid Canine Training, and this is the What Would Jeff Do Goes Deep, WWJD Goes Deep. Where did this come from? Everybody knows, or if you don't know, I do a, I do a podcast three times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, live on YouTube and Facebook. Been doing this for about 13 years, and a lot of the questions we get, it's only a one-hour show, we get over 100 questions. A lot of the questions we get, you know, really... Almost every question actually needs to go into a little bit deeper. Um, I've got a lot of videos out there, 30,000 pieces of content that can really help a lot of people. But I want to start taking out some questions, some philosophies, and some protocols and get a little bit deeper into, into um, my concepts so people really can understand. Because my, my, my real mission in life is to help people have a better quality of life with their dogs. And this way, um, it also breaks a lot of the falsehoods and the misinformation that's out there, which is holding a lot of dogs and owners back, which is very, very, very common. One of the things um, I want to talk about today is on remote collar levels. Now, if you're against remote collars, it might not be the video for you. Um, but if you're for remote collars, because remote collars are a fantastic communication device, a remote collar or a remote training collar or a shock collar, all pretty much the same thing. Um, we like to use e-collar technologies, which we use like in-house, but we'll also use dog trough, but there's many brands. I would suggest anyway from the lower end brands that you can buy um, or the no-name brands, um, just because um, I don't know the stim patterns really well. And also the stim patterns, what I do know is they're not consistent. It actually does make a difference. It actually does, does make a difference. One of the things that um, we love about remote collars is you can actually have a conversation, you can actually communicate with your dog up to a mile away with some of them. You can train all your obedience commands at lower levels. You can correct unwanted behaviors at higher levels. You can help the dog work through a lot of fear and anxiety, and it's not by shutting them down, it's by helping them process it. You can help proof a lot of your basic obedience, and it's a highly effective way to stop some really, really dangerous behaviors, such as counter surfing, um, getting in the trash, digging holes, um, uh, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, like random barking, breaking out of crates, um, separation anxiety. So one of the things that people get really stuck on is the number, the level. Either they've been told not to go above a certain level or they're afraid that too high of a level might quote unquote harm the dog, mess up the relationship, um, make things worse. What I want owners to really understand is the remote collar has a manual knob, which goes, the ones we use goes from zero to a hundred. So different levels of stimulation, different levels of shock. We actually don't use the vibrate. Vibrate sounds good, right? Vibrate shock, vibrate shock. But I've seen dogs go into an incredible fear state at vibrate. Also keep in mind that vibrate, no matter what level you're on, it's vibrate. It doesn't go up and down um, on a majority of the collars. So a lot of dogs will blow through and drive vibrate, so now you've got a useless piece of equipment if your dog's only been trained on vibrate. So we use the electric stim or the shock feature on it. And, and you know, oh, the word shock, people are like, oh, so you're shocking the dog. I assure you, I have shocked myself on an electrical outlet and I've put a remote collar on my neck and maxed it out at 100. 
it's two totally different things. Very different, very different stim patterns, very different effects on the human body, um, and very um, different on the dog body. A dog could actually die by chewing through a um, extension cord or electrical cord, um, but a dog is not going to die by getting stimmed at a high level on a remote collar. So the knob that you turn increases or decreases the level. And a lot of factors come into play. Number one, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to train a dog in obedience command or are you trying to stop an unwanted behavior? Number two, are there a lot of distractions going on? So just anything from background noise to another dog in a room to another human in a room to sound inside the room or outside the room. You go outside and there's a whole new level of distractions, just the odor that's out there, the scent of grass, and then obviously all the, we call them environmentals. If the dog's in a fear state, um, that, that takes into, into factor. If the dog's dog reactive and sees another dog or a human, that takes into a factor. If the dog sees prey, that takes into factor. So what I like to really, really tell folks, and the way we practice, the way we train, um, especially on stopping and unwanted behavior. Who really controls that knob? Who really controls that knob at the top? Obviously, we physically are turning it, but the dog actually controls the levels. The dog says, this is the level that I need, especially when we're talking about a correction, to stop the unwanted behavior. So for instance, Let's start with barking. Normally, you know, to stop barking, use the remote collar. Your dog is working normally on maybe, you know, five, six, seven, eight inside the house. But when it starts to bark, those numbers don't even matter. And then you go up to say 10, 15, 20. The dog still doesn't stop barking. Okay, the dog's telling you it needs to go higher. Remember, all the environmental's out there. So what number do you use? use the number that works. A lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, that's like triple, quadruple what I normally do. But your dog is going into drive. The dog is not feeling it. A dog in drive feels 50 like it would a five out of drive. So think about how much even higher you'd have to go to actually stop an unwanted behavior. Let the dog determine the number. Always do that. Pay attention to the dog. Don't pay attention to the number. Learn to read the dog. Don't worry about reading the number. Great example. Two of my dogs. So I've got Tex, who's a Malinois, and Kira, who is a German Shepherd, have impeccable recall. Little you can grunt and they turn and they come running and they fly to you. Obviously, our recall word is here, say here, they turn and they run to you. I can call them off food, call them off a ball, call them off of a majority of environmentals. But put a coyote in the mix or a deer in the mix, and if I don't see it in time and they're in full drive chasing, they easily can blow through 100 without missing a beat, without making an audible. So. In that moment, and they work on single digits, for instance, eight, nine, they work on. In the moment of, say, high drive, chasing an animal, they will blow through 100 
with no audible at all, and 100 is high, it's uncomfortable, no audible, no slowdown in pace, no second guessing, and keep running. Why? They're in drive, and it's deer or a coyote. Think about that concept. So, if I was stuck on a number, it's a disservice. So, it's important that we understand most people are underwhelming their dogs. So, I've done about my sixth year of seminars. About 3,000 dogs have come to my seminars. Almost 99% of them. The number one problem is what? They're underwhelming their dogs. Everybody thinks that people are getting these remote collars, these shock collars, and just blasting their dogs. This is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing owners underwhelm their dogs. They're underwhelming them. They're not blasting them. They're actually going too low. And I understand why. Nobody wants to have their dog be uncomfortable. And as soon as they start learning and getting over the fact that it's just a number, all of a sudden, the emails start pouring in saying, oh my gosh, I finally got the results that I wanted. I've been underwhelming my dog. I can't believe I was doing that. I can believe you were doing it. And I know why you were doing it. And it makes sense. But that's probably the biggest, biggest disservice you can do. You're putting in all this hard work, but your dog is not understanding the information. And in a way, you're spinning your wheels. So always remember, pay attention to the dog. Don't pay attention to the number. Jeff Gelman, Sally Canine Training. We just went deep. Love you guys. Bye.